piece of music in this week's episode, which we're hearing in the background, is called Afro Sax Freakout. It's an upbeat and exciting Afrobeat track, which is suitable for depictions of action, exotic locations, and energetic activity. It uses a combination of tenor sax, overdriven keyboards, funk-influenced electric guitar, and high-energy drumming in the style of Tony Allen. You're listening to How I Make Music, where behind-the-scenes musicians tell their own stories. Every Wednesday, we break apart a song, a soundtrack, or a composition, and investigate the insights into how it was made. My name is John Bartman, I'm a music composer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome back to How I Make Music, episode 57, Afro Sax Freakout. Today, one simple question, how is this Afrobeat? And let's get into episode 57, how is this track, Afro Sax Freakout, Afrobeat? Let's kick off with the drum rhythm. The drum beat in the song is very characteristic of Afrobeat and the drum kit itself, along with the sax, really own the sound of Afrobeat. Afrobeat is a powerful dance music genre pioneered by Nigerian artists such as Fela Kuti and Tony Allen in the 1970s and has influenced bands today like Vampire Weekend. So you can hopefully hear how the drum beat characterizes the sound. This piece uses a typical Afrobeat double snare hit. Ever so slightly out of time just to give that human touch. There's an overlap with Latin music in this style, using instruments like cowbells and conga drums. And of course, a shaker. Shakers really glue a rhythm together. And then start to factor in the actual drum kit sounds. Hi-hats. And we can add in our kick and snare now. Afrobeat rhythm, very characteristic, and running at 122 BPM, just to give you a nice groove to dance to. The reference track for this piece, the track that I basically imitated, was Secret Agent by Tony Allen. love how big this music is, so large. Tony Allen is credited as one of the co-founders of Afrobeat and was originally the drummer and musical director for Fela Kuti's band. He branched out on his own after Fela's death in 1997 and Tony Allen himself died just three weeks ago before this podcast was released, hence the timing. I wanted this episode of How I Make Music to be a little bit of a tribute to the man Brian Eno once described as probably the greatest drummer who ever lived. 
nothing quite like a sax to get the room moving. Afrobeat leans towards jazz music, allowing sax players to improvise over a core dance groove. Recordings can sometimes go on for 20 minutes. The sax in this piece was recorded by Duncan Johnson, a familiar face on the jazz circuit here in Cape Town, and a good buddy of mine. We've done quite a few gigs with the band Pebble Shakers, which you can find a link to in the show notes. And some of his licks are way out and really pay tribute to how free an Afrobeat solo can be. Take a listen to this little passage here. I love it, it's just so out there and so talented. I asked Duncan, who's playing the sax now, to introduce himself on the podcast. Here we go. Hi, my name is Duncan Johnson. I write music, arrange music, I teach music, and I'm here with John on How I Make Music podcast. Do enjoy. The rhythm instruments in this piece include this clavinet sounding keyboard. And later on, just for variation, a slightly higher inversion of that part. I tried to capture a sound as if the keyboard had been um, run through an overdriven guitar amp. It's a little bit cheesy for my liking, a little bit in the box, but you work with what you've got. There's also a funk guitar with a wah-wah pedal that plays throughout. And there's a nice guitar solo later in the track after the sax has had its say. Notice how staccato these notes have to be to really capture that rhythmic plucky sound. also picks up all the slides and the bends and uh, pans them a little bit left and right. So the question we're addressing here is how is this Afrobeat? And one by one I'm taking you through various tropes or stereotypes about the genre that really strongly identify it. Um, Soundtrack music, composition, it's necessary that you really fly a flag announcing to the viewer or the listener, here we are, we're in this part of the world, this is how you should be feeling now, and these are the expectations which I'm conferring on you. Music does this in a way that dialogue and even picture can't, and that's our job as soundtrack composers, is to really connote all of those um, messages very quickly. But here's the challenge, how do you make groove music, which is very repetitive, without uh, boring your listener, without making them feel like something is going on for a bit too long. My answer has always been repetition with variation. This track is a riff-based piece, which doesn't really have a B part. This is the riff that really holds it all together. And it starts again there. This piece goes on for a few minutes and we can't really just have that one riff with no B section 
um, running for the whole time. It's going to start to wear you down. So to create variety, I introduced different instruments at odd or unusual times in the sequence. Listen to how the sax comes in, or better, when the sax comes in. It's at an unusual time in the sequence. Here we go. One, two, three, four, two, three, four. So our saxophone actually launches into its solo on the fourth beat of the bar, and now the solo starts properly. So it's kind of, uh, it's a premature introduction of the instrument. Little tricks like this help me in breaking the song into a puzzle piece uh, that the listener then puts back together. It would be a very boring song if all the puzzle pieces were square. So borrowing a bit of time from here and paying it back there, that's one of the methods we can use to overcome the threat of boring the listener with too much repetition. Another method to combat repetition is what I call the backbreaker. It's a type of interlude where you put in an extra bar or two bars or four bars in the middle of the sequence to kind of reboot it. Uh, here's an example of what I mean. One, two, three, four. Now here comes a four bar break. One, two, three, four. And we restart. So that interlude, that four bar interlude is shorter than the original riff sequence, which is eight bars. So by inserting a four bar, so by inserting four bars of quote unquote blank space or extra time, we reboot the sequence and the ear kind of catches up again. And this is what we're trying to do. I gotta just say, sometimes explaining some of these principles over audio without any visual cues is a bit of a challenge, but hopefully you're still with me. I'll play one more fun example of that from the TV show Seinfeld. The intro theme song does this. I'll count along. One, two, three, four. Now here's an extra bar. One, two, three, four, one. So Jonathan Wolf inserts a little one bar breaker there. That's why I call it the backbreaker. I chose that piece because at the moment I am putting together an album of 90s TV theme song intro soundalikes that should be out in the next two or three weeks. Head over to johnbartman.com. I'll drop a link in the show notes. Sign up for a monthly email and you'll get all of the new music that I'm writing, including wacky soundalikes like 90s TV sitcom themes. When writing any kind of jazz or jazz-inspired music, you can use the wrong notes, wrong in air quotes. I particularly like the way some of the licks in this song are clearly the wrong notes. That's jazz. Take a listen to this passage from Fela Kuti's Water No Get Enemy. As the sax solo starts, he lands on a major note right on a minor chord, which sounds completely wrong and at the same time completely right. Whether or not these moments are intentional or accidental doesn't seem to matter. The choice to leave it in the record is inspiring to me because when I'm playing a solo and I hit the wrong notes, they sometimes come out just sounding like they belong there. 
Here are a couple of weird choices for notes based on tritone intervals from the guitar solo in this piece, Afrosax Freakout. It creates a temporary amount of tension which then gets resolved and is quite satisfying. Well, as usual, there's a whole lot more I'd like to go into, but we're out of time for this week's episode. So we'll listen to that full track, Afrosax Freakout, in just a minute. But before we do that, thank you once again sincerely for listening to How I Make Music. Catch new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else. You can download the track from this episode, Afrosax Freakout, from the music page on my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. I encourage you to use it in your own podcast or video production, social media promo video, for example. That's why I wrote it. Find links to me on Twitter and YouTube in the show notes. I love hearing from you, so search How I Make Music on YouTube and leave your comments on the show. And one last note for soundtrack music composers, or if a friend of yours is a soundtrack music composer, get in touch by following the link in the show notes that'll take you to a place which lets you know how you can submit your own music to become a featured host of this show for one episode where you can expose and go behind the scenes of one of your own original works, something that you've selected so that other people can know what's going on behind the scenes of storytelling today. So that's about it from me for this episode. Now here is Afro Sax Freakout, a Nigerian-inspired funk music Afrobeat soundtrack um, with a lot of vibrancy and a lot of energy uh, for your enjoyment. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.